Welcome, Grace family. Thanks so much for joining us on the live stream today. Uh, one of, we want to be able to stay connected with you guys, and one of the ways you can do that, if you haven't already, is go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter. How you do that is you text Grace Orlando to 444-999. Another way you can stay connected with us is uh, follow us on all our social media accounts. Uh, you can do that through Grace Orlando or Static Youth Culture or In The Glow, and that's on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, we just want to thank you guys for joining us today. We love you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, good morning. Welcome to Grace Church Online. It's where we all live these days. I'm sure by now uh, you are, uh, well, by now you, maybe you've even become an expert at surviving the apocalypse. Uh, we're all in this together. I'm saying all of this, of course, is a little bit of a joke, uh, but there is opportunities right now. Okay, I want to encourage you this morning. Uh, if you're watching this, then hear me. There are opportunities right now to go and love your neighbor in a new way, uh, to go and take a little time to maybe reflect, talk to God right now, spend time with him. Maybe you've been too busy for that. Uh, in other words, there are all kinds of hidden blessings throughout this season. And so welcome to Grace Church Online, because that's how we do church these days. Uh, we're so glad you joined us, though. And by the way, feel free to share this, invite a friend. Uh, there's all kinds of social media that you can engage uh, through church now. I, I think it's pretty amazing. I think people have more church online than they probably ever did before or ever knew where to find church. It's everywhere now, okay? So thanks for tuning in and joining us. We are uh, concluding a series on Galatians. We've got two parts left. Uh, this is part 14. Uh, we started this back in January, okay? So I can't recap this entire letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians to you really, although that is what we're going to look at next week a little bit. We're going to try to kind of sum up the entire thing. But today, Paul, he, he, in kind of closing out his letter, he, he, he continues this, this thought. If we're not living under the law, we live under love. If we are not, uh, I don't know, to judge one another, we have something else in its place, and that is to restore one another. Saints, hear me. This is a huge one. This is uh, such an opportunity that you and I have as believers that that the rest of the world is looking to us for. They're looking to us as an example of what does restoration really look like? What does it look like when somebody becomes a new creation? Like these are, all, these are all concepts that we get to reveal by faith revealing itself or showing itself through love or working through love, uh, revealing God's entire story of love. Like that's what you and I get to do. And we do that uh, the best, I believe, through the idea of restoration. So we're going to talk about that today as we enter into uh, chapter 6 of Galatians. Now before I get to that, you're probably wondering why I have these Legos on the stage. So let's talk about Legos for a moment. Now when I was a kid, uh, Legos were, they were not this impressive. Uh, they were not this ornate. I bet you can even tell what these are. You can probably tell whose castles these are, just based on the amount of detail uh, and creativity used in these these days. Now, back when I was a kid, we had like the orange and green and blue blocks, you know, or whatever colors they were, and you, you made something that looked kind of like a Minecraft. Uh, uh, it would belong in that game or whatnot, and I think it's funny. I just revealed how old I am, by the way. We're just going to stop and just, just take a time out. Like, the way that I just said all of that reveals that I have no idea what Minecraft is, but it looks an awful lot like Legos that I played with as a kid. All right, now these are uh, frozen Legos, in case you can't tell, this is Elsa's castle. And I wanna tell you a story about a time where I uh, utterly failed. I don't know if, if, uh, if you have a story similar to this, but I bet you do, uh, of a time when you 
As a believer, still, we're just utterly let down with your performance. Uh, this happened, of course, because I have children. Children will always provide you an opportunity to uh, see love in a wonderful way. And also, uh, find things like patience. Uh, you will find uh, that you'll need all of the fruit of the Spirit, in fact, to be a parent. And one day, I had kind of lost it. Uh, I don't know what was said or what had happened, but in this moment, I uh, had kind of had enough. And, and one of these beautifully, uh, I mean, the amount of time and effort that went into making this, like one of these pieces was sitting there right on the floor, and, uh, and I did something awful and, and uh, kind of booted it, if you will, uh, all the way across the room, okay? And so my children, uh, I don't know if they got the point I was trying to convey to them, uh, but they certainly were afraid and upset and crying and all of that, and, and instantly I realized that I had made a very poor, poor choice. Uh, now, in life, you're going to have moments like that, right? You're going to have moments where you just totally blow it, and there may be some real-world consequences. I mean, it didn't feel great to watch my children cry. It's something that was really just me acting very immaturely. Uh, it, it was hard to watch, and, and, and I could look at that through the pain. I could look at that through just uh, the experience that I had created, or I can look at things through the Spirit, and that's what Paul is going to show us. He's going to say, look, that all of these moments that happen, these moments will happen. You will have a moment in your life where you will need grace in a, in a greater way than you ever thought or imagined would, 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 uh, that you would. Uh, but instead, uh, what we can see is, is that it's an opportunity for restoration, and I hope that after today you see restoration in a whole new way. Um, I think often in the church it, it looks almost as painful as the mistake itself. And so I want to talk about this because I personally have watched this play out now over and over again because of grace. Uh, it really is um, breathtaking to watch. It's something that it, it, it really does show you and reveals faith working through love. So we're going to talk about uh, some of those examples in just a moment. But, but surely you've been there. So let's take a look at what Paul says. And I think these are some wonderful words in Galatians 6. Verse 1, brothers, even if anyone is caught in any trespass. Okay, let's make sure we know what we're talking about. A trespass, okay, is something that is a, a legality here. This is a breaking of the law. This is you are trespassing on God. I mean, you, this is a big deal, okay? This is not just a, a little thing. And he says, look, brothers, even if anyone, so we're talking about anyone, is caught in any trespass. There's a lot of any's going on. This is, this is taking all, everything into account. You who are spiritual, that's us, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. These are really, really good encouragements which we'll unpack here in a second. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ, this law of love. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself, but each one must examine his own work, and then he will have a reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. For each one will bear his own load. <clears throat> All right, let's just stop right there. Even if anyone, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, like I want to talk about that for just a moment. Uh, you know, what they would have been asking the question back then is, do we stone them? Like, is, like we caught somebody in adultery. Like, like this is when we throw rocks, right? Like, this is, this, is, this is where they're at. When Paul is writing them, I mean, this is a bigger deal than probably what you and I 
take into account in our life every day. He's saying, look, no matter what the trespass is, no matter how it broke the law, no matter how it would have offended, uh, well, all that God had laid out for us not to do. I mean, in any way, in any trespass, even if, even if, I love this, we who are spiritual. Now, we're not talking about spiritual in the sense of like, I believe in something, I'm kind of a spiritual person. No, he's saying those of us who have life, like if you have his life in you, you're the spirit person. Like you're, you're the only one, everybody else just believes in their mystical stuff that's not real. You are spiritual. So even you, it's up to you, believer, this is yours. You get to do this, not throw a rock, but instead you get to restore this person. And there's a sort of an understanding of how this works in which we're going to unpack. And, and the first part of this is this. It's, it's this idea of a spirit of gentleness. Is that how restoration generally feels? Sometimes, and then sometimes I've seen restoration where it looks like a beatdown. Uh, this says that there is a spirit of gentleness that I, I want to talk about. But, but here is where Paul is once more closing out his letter to say, grace is superior to the law. The new covenant is far superior to the old covenant. In fact, there's no mixing of those covenants at all. He's saying, because look at what grace can do. It can operate in a spirit of gentleness and kindness and loving kindness, in fact. So here he says this. He goes, those who are mature. Let's talk about that for just a second. I believe that's commonly the problem is that everybody believes they're mature. I go around and ask anybody, like, oh, are you a mature believer? And everybody says, yes. <laughs> no one says they're an infant. And yet, there are only some who are truly mature that Paul is talking about. He's really talking about the leadership. Those are elders in the church is who he's probably referencing here. And he's saying, look, those of you who are mature, that you understand, uh, we're not under elementary principles of the world, and you've walked in such a way for a period of time, like he's demonstrating this as an important part. Because many who say they're mature are really just obsessed with the law. And they believe that their maturity is based on all that they see in the law. Like, I, I see sin very clearly, and I know. And when, they, and when you meet with these people, and I've seen this in person, it becomes a, let me find your sin. Let's identify the sins, and how did you get there? And, and restoration becomes more about your broken down flesh that was crucified with Christ than it really does his life in you and restoring back to someone well, as, as Pastor Clark would say it, that their, their breath of air, like uh, uh, their lungs, it, it provides air into their lungs, uh, and it brings them back to life by calling out to them who they are in Christ. And that's what he's talking about. Restore them in gentleness. All right, this word gentleness is this word uh, preotes, and it means humble consideration. All right, humble consideration. Imagine if somebody came to you and provided humble consideration. Boy, that sounds a whole lot different than a five-step program to restoration, okay? To, for you being a restored pastor or restored as a respected leader or whatever. Like, this, this sounds totally different to me. If anyone is caught in any kind of trespass, go to them with humble consideration and go to them and say, hey, would you consider this? Would you consider who you are in Christ? Listen to what this word, uh, gentleness, right? This is, uh, this is what, there's an understanding in Scripture that goes like this. It's the Lord-inspired it's something he finishes by directing you and empowers you by his grace. That is what humble consideration or preotes or gentleness means. It's something that God inspires within you, right? Well, you're a creature of love. It makes sense. You, you don't want to be angry with this person. You don't want to be broken with this person or hate them or anything, right? You don't because you're a believer. 
And so there's that part of you that says, yeah, restoration does sound great, even if I don't believe it's possible. And we see here that it is possible if you go with grace instead of the law. So you come with humble consideration and you convince them that, hey, remember, you have Christ within you. Like that's a humble consideration. Remember who you are. Maybe you don't know who you are. Maybe you're not a believer. Well, then humble consideration would say, hey, you really, really hurt me and I would like you to consider something here. What would love say about this if we truly, truly love each other? All right, so Paul brings up a warning. He says, look, uh, this idea that you can see sin, the idea that you can call somebody's sin out or try to walk them in restoration in a way that would draw their attention to the flesh, he says, well, here's the problem with that. I want to I give you a warning of what your flesh is going to do. You're going to watch somebody else go through something, and you're going to feel on the inside a part of you kind of go, like, I'm glad that wasn't me. Like, I would never do that. You know, some of us might feel that way. But true restoration causes you to feel something totally different, where you don't find yourself uh, in the seat of a judge or a judge's seat but as a fellow child, as a brother or sister, as somebody who lovingly cares for this person and wants to see them restored. Uh, Paul says it this way. He says, look, it will make you feel something when you are nothing. In other words, you will be feeling something, judgmentalism. You'll feel like you are a judge or a thing, a title, instead of a someone, a child of God. So this is really, really important that that we're careful here. That we've been created in Christ, but the flesh wants to be apart from him. Uh, Let's see. Don't think you are something because you haven't committed that person's sin. Now, that's an interesting point. Uh, So often we see somebody else doing something just totally in disregard to to the things that our our thinking can bring us into. The sins that we can uh, commit in the flesh. That it's just sin working itself out in our flesh. And the awesome part is we have power over that. We, we aren't slaves to any of that kind of stuff anymore. And true restoration is foolproof. And I'm going to show you how in just a moment. Uh, instead of looking at yourself, okay, who can also be tempted, Paul says, join together one to another. Uh, remember, uh, he said, love the Lord with all your heart. Do you remember that? So how did God make that possible? He placed a new heart within you. The Bible says you are, you are obedient from the heart. So now you can love the Lord with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Can you do that now? Of course you can because you have a new heart within you. And remember this. God didn't leave you here. Uh, when you're going through something so often it can feel uh, like isolation, like you are alone. Just remember, whatever it is you're going through or whatever this person is who's hurt you or whatever, you are not alone, but we are in this thing together. Be transparent. Uh, Offer people an opportunity to offer humble consideration into your life before making any kind of major decision. Now, I want to give you an example. I want to show you something. I got this rock here. Uh, This rock is not very heavy to carry, okay? But if we look at our life, and Paul's going to talk to the Galatians about this in a moment, when it comes to restoration, uh, there are burdens involved, okay? All of us have burdens in this life. Uh, There are burdens that are financial. There's burdens that are relational. There are burdens uh, of all kinds, okay? And the cool part is, is that God is the one who takes our burdens. He takes our cares, right? We cast them upon him. 
But as we walk through this life, it's not just us or, or, or me and God. Uh, it's also us. It's us together. And so the crazy part is sometimes in life you are walking around with, with one burden or you're walking around with something. Something happens. And you find yourself suddenly caring other things. Now look, I, I know people right now that are watching this and your life feels like you, you, you seem to be taking on more burdens than you can give to God or something. You know, this whole kind of uh, thing we believe sometimes. Um, but, the, but the truth of the matter is, is that God says that, uh, or Paul says here, that, that all of us are going to be uh, in need to bear one each other's burdens. All of us are needing to bear one each other, one in each, okay, to bear each other's burdens. There you go. Uh, so for example, ugh, I got a big bag of rocks here. And this thing, I'm not going to lie, it, it's a little heavy, okay? Now I'm overreacting a little bit because uh, it's not that heavy. But if I stood here for a little while, it's going to start to get real heavy. Uh, now here's the thing is that if this was up to me to carry this entire thing myself, uh, this is going to be very difficult. Now if instead you guys were all here with me or if I could somehow pass each one of you one of these uh, rocks uh, through the camera, okay, and if I could dole all of these out to each of us, well now all of a sudden you get the example uh, we're now carrying maybe some burdens of our own and we're also helping carry somebody else's as well. Now remember what we're talking about, restoring someone. Sometimes when you've been devastated, right, like right now there are many of us uh, who are losing our jobs or we're losing uh, our security, okay, and so it can feel heavier than even normal. And this is where the incredible news comes that we are sanctified, that we are all bound together in, as one in Christ, is that we can each supply not only prayer, but also the help that each other needs as we are led by the Spirit. Remember, you don't do things out of the motivation of, hey God, I'm going to do this because then that makes me look spiritual. No, we go to God and say, Lord, would you help me? I really would like to help so-and-so. Like they're really going through it what would you have me do? Maybe it would be to offer them money, but maybe it would be to walk with them. Maybe it would be to call them and just offer friendship or companionship. It can be many different things. But the idea is that we are led spiritually to help bear these burdens together. So at the end of the day, what I want you to see of what restoration truly looks like is it truly looks like strengthening. It doesn't look like making sure somebody feels their sins and, and do you know what you did? And, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna really, you know, and. Uh, that, that might appeal to the flesh, but the Spirit doesn't want any part in any of that. Instead, the Spirit says, okay, you shipwrecked your faith, or you stumbled and fell, you made a mistake or whatever, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come alongside of you, and I'm going to pick up some of this burden, and I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to walk this out together with you, because the Bible says that we're a body, and that's what a body does. It's faith working through love. It's the same concept that Paul's been talking about. It's faith working through love. The world gets to see how different we are, not based off of what we preach, not based off of what cool slogans we've got or bumper stickers we put on our cars. The world gets to see the truth because we bear one each other's burdens and we walk things out together in love and it looks totally different. And let me tell you something, the world sometimes does a really good job at this. So what you and I get to do is spirit-based. We get to do something that's not even based in this world. We get to be led by him, uh, which opens up so many possibilities, you guys. And, and it's exciting to be a part of this thing called the body of Christ. Um, when, my, when my wife and I first came to Grace Church, uh, it wasn't long before the church had its first scandal, if you will. There was something that happened at the church that 
uh, you know, it, it, was, it was that earth-shattering kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, I've been to other churches, and every church has those moments, and they're unfortunate. And, uh, but generally what happened was the person would come up on the stage and uh, kind of announce what had happened and talk to everybody about it. And uh, we all say we were going to love and walk with them and care for them and, and all of that. But in the end of the day, we were all kind of, I don't know, feeling weird about it. And, and some people felt kind of judgmental about it. And I can't believe that person would do that. And, and eventually what would happen is, is that, that, that that couple or that person uh, I watched them as they just drifted out of the church and you'd never see them again. And, and we'd all kind of just say, well, we tried, we loved them, you know. And really the problem was in our hearts. It wasn't that we didn't really didn't love people and care about them. The problem was our theology was just so off, right? Our theology was uh, very close to, to what Buddhists believe or, or some kind of karma, right? Reaping and sowing, like, oh, well, you can't sow this. There was always some reason for, well, you know, I can not feel bad about this, I guess. And, and our theology was just so twisted. It was entangled, as Paul said. But now we understand the truth. And I got to watch when we first got here, not long after, something happened. And, and I remember watching as Pastor Clark walked the church through this and he explained what happened and how we were going to love this person. And because we had this foundation of the gospel of grace, the, the, the unfiltered, pure gospel, there's no strings attached, no hooks, because there was that foundation of Christ and Christ alone, can I tell you, as he explained the situation, do you know what my wife and I were thinking the whole time was, man, I could just, I could see myself on the stage. I could see all the things I've done. This could be me. You know I mean, in other words, uh, this really is uh, uh, something totally new and something totally different uh, we, that we never ever seen before. We watched as this person was restored. We watched as people surrounded and loved and built this person up. And they eventually were restored back into the church. It, it was phenomenal. I had honestly never seen anything like it. And what I can tell you it is now is it was grace. But it was faith working through love. It was seeing compassion and faithful. It was seeing all the fruits of the Spirit. It was seeing it all. And we saw it through the idea or through, the, uh, through what is called restoration. Hey, you might have noticed my cup just vanished. Uh, this is a continuation of the recording we had a minute ago. Uh, the battery was dying on the camera, even after replacing it. So, uh, again, welcome to church online. Things are new, things are different, things are recorded. So, hopefully the camera will, will cooperate here. It looks like it's doing all right. Anyway, I was just sharing about faith working through love, the idea that I got to see it firsthand, and it changed me. It, it absolutely, uh, I got to see grace for the first time, and I knew that the gospel was real and powerful and better than anything I had ever believed under anything the Judaizers or legalism would teach you. Uh, and so Paul continues this idea of restoration in Galatians 6, where he says this uh, in verse 6, the one who is taught the word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Now, let me just stop and say here, this is one of the most giving churches I've ever been a part of, and I am so thankful and grateful for all of that. But Paul is not talking about money here, okay? He's not talking about uh, being uh, givers to the pastor, okay? Although that's important if you'd like to continue doing it this way. Uh, that's not what he's talking about. He says the one who is taught the word is to share. He's talking about restoration. Remember that. Like This is all about uh, restoring someone. And he goes, look, he talks about, again, he's just uh, following his talk about walking by the Spirit, uh, that we have fruit of the Spirit. All those kinds of things are right before all of this. So he says, look, do not be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he'll reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, now he gives the example to what he was just, he gives the reference to what he was just talking about. For the one who sows to his own flesh will, will from the flesh reap corruption. All right? This is how it works every single time. 
but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. As you're restoring someone, as you're offering humble consideration, this is the kind of restoration you're offering. Hey, how did you expect a different outcome when you sowed to the flesh? Uh, and it's not just talking about sins or behavior. It's talking about trusting God. It's talking about uh, uh, restor uh, restoratively. Uh, how are you going to ever be restored if you're going to think that that's still in your effort? No, it's still receiving from God. It's still allowing him to remind you of who you are. It's not that you're changing. It's not that he's having to re-cleanse you of all of your sins or fix you or anything like that. It's, well, maybe he's fixing some of your thinking, but, but he's built into you as a spirit being all that you're going to need for life and godliness. So he says, look, uh, let us not lose heart in doing good. So don't lose heart. Don't give up. Uh, in due time, you'll reap. Uh, we will reap if we do not grow weary. Now, who strengthens us? Remember, res restoration is all about the strengthening, if you will, or aligning up with God again. So, so if you look at this, who, who is the one strengthening us but God? And so uh, he says, look, in due time, you will reap, not because of your effort, but because that's the Spirit's life flowing through you. So then, he says, we have an opportunity. Let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. So again, Paul's not talking about money here. What he's talking about is that if you, uh, whatever you see in the flesh, whatever it is you're sowing to the flesh, number one, you can know that it will always reap destruction. It's not something that's nowhere near God's best for you. And instead, he says, look, you can instead see things spiritually. You can see things through the Spirit, and you can sow into the Spirit. Or in other words, live from a mindset of the Spirit. You can live with an understanding, uh, a supernatural sight uh, that you have uh, where you can see things as they really are. Uh, and you can love people the way they need to be loved. Look, if you need to be restored as a believer, then really what's being restored is you're, being, you're having your mind renewed to the understanding of who you are in Christ despite all that the law called a trespass against God. Like that's what's happening there, but you're not becoming a new creation again. No, you are still new as we talked about last week. So, I'm looking at my notes here. Let me skip through some of this. Um, so let's talk about sowing and reaping for just a moment then. What does your spiritual existence look like? Um, does it have a lot of striving in it? Does it have a lot of, well, I'm really just trusting God right now, but you can hear your, the, the voice you have, and you can tell you're just being weighed down? Does it have a lot of like trying to get God to do something, or hey, I'm I'm going to go do this so that God will do that. Does it, does it have any of those kinds of thoughts? Because if so, then what you are essentially doing is sowing into the flesh. You're sowing into a formula. You're sowing uh, into something without the understanding or, or, or uh, awareness that God is the one gracefully loving and holding and supporting and strengthening and giving to you every single moment of every single day. Is Jesus striving? Is, is he resting? He's resting. Is he trying to get his father's approval? No. Then why are you? Jesus said, as he is, so are we in this world. In 1 John, we see that. So have you ever just tried experiencing righteousness? I know that sounds uh, maybe funny on the surface, but have you ever just tried experiencing righteousness, what it means to be righteous? Have you ever just tried exploring the desires you now have? Have you ever just tried exploring uh, the opportunities that are before you? Have you ever just tried exploring, hey, what would happen if I, if I just go pray for somebody knowing that the prayers of a righteous person like myself are powerful? 
Like, have you ever just tried this? You should. And you should go sit with God and allow him to persuade you and convince you of who you are in him. Be restored back to who you are. Put the breath back in your lungs that the Lord has placed there. And go out there and be the child of God that he's created you to be. Um, you know, here's the thing. I've got a couple other examples for you before we go. Uh, I've got a couple packages of seeds here. You know, one's watermelon and one's carrots. I'd much rather probably have the watermelon, although carrots are good too. Um, but, you know, it'd be weird for me to take the carrot seeds and to go sow them into the ground and expect to get watermelon. Like, I don't have to convince anybody of that. That's ridiculous. Uh, and so in the same way, Paul is saying this. Look, when you, are, when you are given the opportunity to restore someone, rather than look at them as if, well, I'm just glad I didn't do all of that or whatever, he says you have an opportunity not to sow carrots, uh, if they're the, the, the lesser of the two here. Uh, this is the good guy, okay, watermelon. They're tasty and sweet. Uh, you get to go sow that instead, and you get to watch a spiritual fruit come forth. You get to watch somebody come back to life, and I've gotten to see that personally, and I've gotten to experience that personally, and there is nothing quite like it when you experience grace in this way. It is faith revealed through love, and we are new creations. When somebody has failed, when somebody has crashed, well, they still have the life of God within them, and you just need to go remind them and help them up off the ground. Listen to God. I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with this story. Uh, it's, it's the story of the adulterous woman. You know, I know, I know many people... Uh, share this story because it really is one of the most beautiful stories of grace where you really see his kind intentions his humble consideration played out right in front of you john chapter 8 verse 1 but jesus went to the mount of olives early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people were coming to them and he sat down and he began to teach them the scribes and the pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery and having set her in the center of the court they said to him teacher this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. But what do you say? <laughs> Let me get this straight. It's early in the morning. These guys went out. They planned this. They found her. They knew what she was going to do. And they took advantage of all of that just because they wanted to make an example of Jesus. It wasn't even about this woman. Do you see what the law does? It, it only can expose sin. And what people will do with the law or what people will do with it is not help you carry a stone but they will throw a stone at you and call it love and call it grace. Look, I'm sure their intentions are pure or great, but at the end of the day, we're not called to throw stones. We're, we're called to carry them. We're called to say, hey, guess what? God gives me strength, and he gives me the strength that I need to carry, not just mine, but I can carry yours as well. And I can go ahead and, I can go ahead and carry whatever the Lord puts in my hand. Right? These aren't like things God's putting on me. No, it's, it's an opportunity where I get to do something. Uh, sorry, my phone is ringing. See, this is now happening to me in the middle of a recording. Uh, <laughs> turn your phones off in church, kids. Uh, no, but this is the opportunity that you and I have. And I, and I love that we get this chance. So here is, here's what he says. He says, uh, Jesus stoops down. They were testing him, uh, John writes. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground. But when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone and the woman where she was in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? 
She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go. From now on, sin no more. Uh, I love this story because um, this had nothing to do uh, with, with, this had nothing to do with what they wanted to make it about. Uh, this wasn't an opportunity to point out the sin of adultery. This wasn't, the, uh, this wasn't an opportunity for them to say, hey, uh, we found a, a, a trespass. No, even so, even if anyone trespasses, you can go to them and rather than throw a stone, I love this scene that they all leave the scene. All those who knew and were obsessed with the law, the Pharisees, these radicals with the law, they all left the scene and she was left alone with Jesus. I remember the first time I heard Pastor Clark say that and I thought to myself, isn't that exactly where I want to be when I mess up? It's just left alone with the love of Christ, with Jesus. And so what's really cool is that you and I as believers get to be a part of that. You and I get to come up to someone and say, hey, uh, faith working through love. Guess what? I'm going to walk with you. And yeah, it's going to add a little bit of weight here. But you know what? We have the life of Christ within us that is strengthening us, that we can walk together. And that's exactly what happened to this woman. Look, when she got up off the ground, the lesson that she learned wasn't to go and commit adultery no more or go and sin no more. Because Jesus was walking along saying, hey, I'm going I'm to walk with you. No, what she was now never, ever going to be able to say was that God didn't love her because she now saw that even in her worst moment, God loved her and not only loved her, but said, I don't condemn you either. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and just take the entire, the entire load of your life. I'm going to go ahead and just take that and I'll deal with it and I will strengthen you and make you a spiritual being that can walk on this planet, that can walk through this world and go share love with the entire world through you, your world, all the people around you. So let me ask you the question, how is God gonna use you this week? You're stuck online, you're stuck at home, we're in the middle of this virus and all of this stuff. How is God gonna use you? Is it gonna go to be, to be like picking arguments online and stuff? Or, or, or maybe you can give in to fear and, and be super freaked out and freak everybody else out? Or, or maybe, just maybe, we allow God to strengthen us during this time, knowing, as Paul said, this is an opportunity for us to turn around and offer that life to the world around us and strengthen those around us, not in our power, not in our strength, but by his power and his strength that lives in us. Hey, I'll see you guys next week as we close out this series and we look at faith revealed through love one last time. Hope you have a great week. We're praying for you. Hang in there. We'll see you soon.